The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. We are back. Pharrell on the bench. Hour number two. Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty tonight. Right here on Sports Grid Radio. And the Saints now have a second and 16. We have a 10-10 game. Under four minutes left to play here in Seattle. It's been a real barn burner. There's no doubt about that. Uh, there was just a flag on the Saints, which pushed, pushed them back, Moff. And now Winston going back second and 16. Has a completion. Down to the 25. So we're going to have a third and about six here. He finds Smith. Now, here's the thing, Moff. What, even if they get a field goal, I don't know if I have faith in Seattle going down and tying the game. No, don't. I don't at all. I have no faith in Geno. The play calling, like you said, has been terrible. Even when they do get some momentum going, they just shoot themselves right in the foot, which is being predictable running right up the middle because somehow they think, the 1500th time it's going to go this game is going to work. And they just stop. Every, and then you know what? Maybe actually they decide, hey, we're going to actually throw the ball. And Gino takes a terrible sack. So every time they have something go right, like you said, one step forward, two step back. And they had, and I can't trust the field goal kicker either. That was almost a pick. Jameis almost threw it to the other team. He won it once again. He loves doing that move, Mafia, where he points down the field. It's about the third or fourth time Jameis has done it tonight. He points down the field and then throws the ball absolutely nowhere near the guy that he's pointing to. Nowhere near. Yeah, it's like the kid in the, um, in the playground. That was, go deep, go deep. Like every play, just telling everyone go deep. Like that's just straight. Just run nope, deeper, deeper. And then he throws 10 yards short. All right, so now you get this Brian Johnson. Tonight's his first career NFL game. He's made a field goal from 21 yards. Myers has missed a couple. This is 42 for this kid. It's his first ever. you got to be joking me here. You you have got to be kidding me if this flag's on Seattle. What do we got here, Mafia? An offsides. Now, what was it? Was it six or five? This is not going to be a first down, is it? Oh my God! It's a first down. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! Why? Why would you do that? Though you got the elements. You, you got this kid not knowing what he's doing. Gotta be kidding me! Oh. I mean, what are we doing here, Mafia? What is that guy doing? Especially, especially that position. Like all you have to do is look at the ball in front of you. 
<sighs> it's not one of these outside guys kind of guessing, looking down the line, you know, got a bunch of bodies. He's right in front of the ball. All you do is watch the ball. They snap, you run. I don't understand how that happens. How does that happen? He just falls forward because he's slippery. And you've got a kicker on. You're talking 40-plus yards for a guy. There's Jameis pointing at guys again. At least this time he actually completed the pass. I, I mean, the whole thing bothers me, Mafia. It just does. you got a kicker out there. It's his first NFL game. He's kicking a 40-plus yard field goal in really bad conditions. And now, forget that. They're going to score a touchdown now. They're inside the five. Just give it to Kamara and let him just bang it in. Right, which you can't match. If it was a field goal, you have a chance. Touchdown, they have no chance. Jeez. What a how, how do you botch a game like as bad as they have in this second half? Seahawks should be winning right now. Oh, this is ugly. And Kamara's got nowhere to go, but he bounces out. And here's the other problem for the Seahawks Mafia. They got no timeouts. They got one left. They burned two of them in the third quarter because they didn't know what they were doing. We welcome all our radio affiliates. This is Pharrell on the bench. Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty tonight right here on Sports Grid Radio. As we're getting down to the end, Saints and Seahawks. Tie game. High drama. Not exactly great football, but we got high drama, that's for sure. As the Saints got the second and goal, about two and a half to go in the fourth quarter. The Seahawks have just completely handed them this football game. And let me tell you, hold them to three, Mafia. At least the guy, you know, everybody with the four and a half tickets, at least we can still win that. Again, he's pointing. What is he pointing at, Mafia? What is this guy pointing at? He only got 10 yards. How deep you want them to go? Hey, hey, go on the stands. I'll throw it there. All right. Well, here's the key. Third and goal, but there's 216 left. So, if you stop a Mafia and you hold the three, you're still going to have two minutes left to go. Because the Saints, obviously, the clock's going to stop at two. Or it's if it's an incomplete pass, whatever happens. So the Seahawks, no matter what the situation is here, touchdown, field goal, whatever, they're going to get one more crack at this thing because of the amount of time left. Right. They will. That's what will they Unless do with they it? Get co- Unless they get a dopey, you know, pass interference well, play in the end zone and yeah. first down again. Okay. That that can ruin them, but Yeah, if they give up some automatic first down here on some dumb penalty, then they will not get it back. Well, they probably still will. Because at that point it'll be right on there and you know, the Saints yeah. have to do everything they can possibly do to not get in the end zone or not score. I don't think that's gonna happen. You're gonna get some time, but like you said, they burn all their timeouts before like idiot. These games right here, Mafia, are the games they invented gambling for. I mean, they really are. I mean, you want to put your head through while watching this game. These are the games they invented an asset for. (laughs) Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty. We keep rolling on the grid right after this. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
And we are back for all on the bench. Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty tonight, right here, Sports Grid Radio. So the Saints do get the field goal, Mafia, after the two-minute warning. So we got a buck fifty-six left. The Saints are up three, and the Hawks are going to be getting the football. I have absolutely zero faith that this guy's gonna move them down the field. And even if he does, Mafia, I've already got a kicker who's supposed to be reliable, Jason Myers, that has missed. Two field goals tonight. So I'm not feeling very good about the Seahawks right now. I think just because they want to prolong this pain that we have been in over the last uh, three hours or so, they will get a field goal. I don't believe they should. I don't believe that Eli, uh, that uh, Geno Smith has done a, a great job throughout this game. And, you know, they the offense has seemingly been terribly called. But for some reason, they're going to extend this because that's what the NFL wants and that's what the NFL gets, and they want to put us through more agony, and they're going to drag this out longer. Jeez. Uh, And they've had a few of these on Monday night already this year, Mafia. We've had a bunch of uh, overtime games, down to the the end, nail biters. Mm -hmm. There's been quite a few. I don't know. Now, look, there's a part of me that wants to say just end the game now. Because if you got the Seahawks plus four and a half, uh, just end the game. I mean, that's that's perfectly fine with me. But there's another part of me, Mafia, which is greedy and wants the money line portion of it as well. So <laughs> we want them to win this game. But I just don't see a, a path to that. I just don't see it right now. I see one path. DK, 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 DK. Only Tim Metcalf first five times. There we go. Too bad, too bad he bounced it on the ground twice oh, before it, it got there. Oh, if he doesn't catch it. Yeah, he, he threw it to him, but he, you know, he threw him a short hop. Point per reception, I mean, not point per target, Carver High. This guy stinks, man. Like uh, now, he takes a sack. This is just awful. You know how this game should end, Mafia? It should end on a Geno turnover. That's really how <laughs> it like, ends. Yeah. Fumble like or a sack. Game. Just don't return it for a touchdown, so that we at least keep the four and a half. All right, at least do that for us. Make one part of it a winner. <laughs> Keep us in the mix for one part of it. I mean, I got to check how many sacks the Saints had as a team this year coming into this game that they four in this game, which is ridiculous. That another sack. I mean, oh. what are we doing? What are we doing here? Is this is he serious? Now look, we could use a little blocking. It's not all on him. He's got about a half a second to throw. Oh. They had only eight sacks coming into this game all season. They already got four, five in this game. Yeah, this the Seahawks offensive line is embarrassing. So it's fourth and twenty-eight. Do you know what play I dial up here, Mafia? I dial up the play that the Colts dialed up all night against the Niners last night. Throw it deep and hope a guy gets tangled up for a pass interference. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just Honestly, bomb it to DK. Have him that, come back, and they just tackle him, trying to stop him. Uh, that's it. You look at you well, go to a four run all game. 14, up and up and in. I mean, that's it. Up and in, I'm throwing it right down the middle, 30, 40 yards downfield, and hope you get a flag or he catches it. That is the that is your only play that you could possibly call on 4th and 28. Run to the middle of the field. I'll chuck it down there. You grab it. Or you, you, you force some contact. Get us a flag. Throw the flag play, Mafia. That's what we need here. Now, the Saints, of course, are playing back for this. I mean, this it's is hard to pull these off. So bad. 
if they let this off, then they deserve to lose the game just on this play. Just give them yeah, seven points right there. There's and no it. way they can let this. This fourth and twenty eighth on no. their own ten. They, they, this isn't going to happen. Got uh, the defensive coordinator, which I believe is the great Dennis Allen, former Raider coach, um, in there talking to them right now. There's Pete. I mean, Pete, run the ball in the middle again. I mean, just top your night off like that. God. The sad thing is, Mafia, I mean, I mean, we're in line to win a bet here with the four and a half of the Seahawks, but we want more. We want man, more. He's chewing that gum so aggressively, he's going to have a swollen jaw tomorrow, man. He's so worked up about this terrible game. He's really working that gum. I wonder how many people, he's probably got through a whole pack of gum this game because of just chewing over and over. Just worrying right. about you know, taking sacks and running call. up the middle. I bet you the four guys on the line will will get through to him for a sack. Or get any call that's an automatic first down, at least. Yeah. Even if it's just a five-yard holding. And he's going to take a safety. Oh, if he takes a safety, Mafia, I will go bonkers. All right, he didn't take a safety. That was close, because if he takes a safety and it gets over four and a half, oh, that would have been so Geno, Mafia, if he did that. Oh, it would have been so Geno. That would have been. All right. Well, can we just take a knee, please, and get please. get out of here with our four and a half, please? Oh, Gino, I hate you so much. So close. So close. You lose by a point and a half because you can't find one of the best receivers in the NFL. Uh, man, that was that was dicey. Twelve and of twenty two. <laughs> I'll say this, Mafia. I still feel good about what I said about the Saints today. I still feel like it was, you know. Oh, yeah, nobody won this game. I had the right feeling on the Saints. It's just the team that they were playing were such dogs that they couldn't couldn't make it happen. Right, you left six points on the board. I mean, even if you get one of those, you're tied up. Because not like they're both. I mean, the weather's bad, but one of them was – Right there, not too far away. He should have made that, and he knows what he's doing up there. You know, and this is when you look at the stats and you check out things. Sometimes where you look at the numbers and you're like, how does that possibly make sense? That Jameis Winston, 19-35, 222 yards, one touchdown. Geno Smith, 12-22, of 22, 167 yards, one touchdown. Somehow still, Geno Smith had a higher QB rating than Jameis Winston. Who do the Saints got coming up here, Mavi? I just want to see. I, I need to get them some losses. I also played their win total under this year, which is another reason why I'm after them. Bucks, Falcons, Titans, Eagles, Bills, Cowboys, Jets, Bucks again, Dolphins. You see, they play a lot of these teams. They got what do they got now? Four wins. They're four and two. I'm not going to win that bet, Moff, because they're going to be what was the, the total. Uh, I actually, it was nine and a half. I actually played it at eight and a half for the plus money because I figured they weren't going to win nine games. Do they? Do they have five more wins in them here? Eagles is one. Uh, I mean, Eagles isn't a guaranteed one. Yeah. Actually, you know what? The way they play on the road, at the Eagles isn't. Now they're at the Jets. You would think that's a win. They have the Dolphins at home. That's two. They'll at least split with the. Now they could beat the Falcons both times. Hey, Sean Watson might be playing for the Dolphins by then. I think I'm still live here, but I need the Bucks to beat them twice. I need the Titans and the Bills to take care of business and the Cowboys. That's five losses right there. That only gets them to seven. I would need somebody else to come through. They're not going to lose to the Panthers twice. I'm probably in trouble on that season total bet on the Saints Mafia. I'm probably in trouble. Yeah, it's going to be a close one, but I think you still might get it. I think that 
you know, some of these teams are going to come alive here. Like I said, you can probably have Winston start in Miami for that uh, game after Christmas. Uh, uh, it depends what, what kind of Sam Darnold we get in that Panther games for both those. They'll get smoked by the Bucs. Falcons, I think, can beat them there. You know, now they got Pitts going. You know, their defense is non-existent, but they can put up offense where we see that the, you know, the Saints are going to have problems with that all year. So, you might have a good yeah, chance here. Uh, the Eagles are questionable. They can, you know, have a good game out of nowhere and pull that out. Look, I know that the weather was bad or whatever. You still can't come out of this game feeling good about the Saints, Mavi. You just can't, especially with how Geno played. You only beat him by three points. You still can't. Yeah, come even out though of they won, great. Even though they won, we all lose for watching this because that's how terrible well, this was. Well, look, you know, <laughs> Pharrell on the bench, Carver Ryan Mafia in for Scotty. My life will never get back. <laughs> it certainly is. Uh, we will come back. World Series starts tomorrow night. Uh, I'm very excited, that's for sure. Uh, we'll talk about that and much more. Sports Grid Radio for All on the Bench. We keep rolling right after this. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we are back. Frill on the bench, Carver High, and Mafia in for Scotty tonight, right here on Sports Grid Radio. Saints survive in Seattle, thirteen to ten. Not exactly the most uh, crisp played game, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, but there you go. Uh, end of week seven in the NFL. We now move on to week eight. Cardinals in the back. On Thursday night, Seahawks did come off four and a half or five and a half, depending on if you got it closer to kickoff. But it is a cover for the Seahawks, which I did like to see. <laughs> nice. So, how about uh, the World Series tomorrow night, Mafia? Let's move our attention over to there. We have Atlanta and Houston getting going tomorrow night in H Town. Braves plus 125 for the series, Astros minus 150. Uh, in the game one odds, Houston, of course, the favorite. They've got uh, Framber Valdez going minus one thirty-eight. Braves got Charlie Morton plus a buck eighteen. On the service mafia, uh, I'm rooting for the Braves. I'm hopefully with the Braves, the plus money, and I think it's actually going to be uh, a pretty entertaining World Series. Yeah, I think so too. It isn't exactly the teams that anybody would have you know picked or wanted to be here. I think everybody would have been rooting against the Astros outside of Houston, as we know. I think everybody, you know, likes the the Dodgers and the big names that they had and some of these other teams in baseball. I mean, I guess the Dodgers are probably the only ones in the NL people were getting really excited about overall. Maybe the Giants, you know, you had the story of them leading the whole way or something, but the Braves weren't the one that anyone thought. And 
maybe in the AL. A lot of people were on Tampa early on. Then after Boston beat them, people were saying, oh, well, it's look, it looks exactly like, you know, when they won before. And, you know, we're kind of jumping on that bandwagon. So it's not exactly what people would have thought or picked or, you know, expected. But I think it's going to be awesome. I think we saw some great performances by these two teams, especially the Braves. You know, kind of the underdog roles here. When you see some of the guys that they brought in at the deadline that were basically scraps. They didn't make the sexy trades that the Yankees made. They didn't make, you know, they don't have the big names that the Dodgers do, you know, overall outside of, you know, guys like Freddie Freeman and Albies. But still, they, they get it done, and they, are you know, play great team ball. And even though they're in my division as a Met fan, you know, I'm rooting for them. I like them. They're, you know, a team that's easy to get behind. And, of course, anytime anyone's playing the Astros, most people can root for them and not the other way. So yeah. I think somehow because, you know, the – the whole proving everybody wrong and getting their retribution for the, the last year and a half of the beatings they've taken for the cheating. I think the bad guys are still going to win because that's the way real life is. But I'm rooting for Atlanta. They sure have a shot. They certainly do. Um, I'm looking at FanDuel actually put Mafia a lot of different props for the series up. Uh, they must have did this tonight because I didn't see these this morning when I was looking for uh, over stuff for Coast to Coast. Uh, total home runs hit over under 16 and a half minus 120 uh, minus 104 to the over. I mean, both of these teams, Mafia, they they scored a lot of runs in the championship series. Both teams did. I feel like 16 and a half homers. Let's say we get six game series. Uh, that's almost that's almost three homers a game. That's tough. I bet you that that I'll, I'll probably get sucked into one of these bets, Mafia, with this most home runs in the series. They've got. Uh, will there be a grand slam hit? Yes, plus three ten. Total run scored fifty three and a half. About team to hit more home runs, Mafia. Braves minus one eighteen. Astros minus one oh eight. Yeah, when you first said that 16 of the home runs, I'm like, oh, it sounds pretty juicy. And then when you broke it down, you're right. That almost three a game. You know, lot. something that's going to be that's going to be a lot, especially given you know, what we saw from these pitching staffs that starting to come alive in that series at the end, uh, especially with Houston. I mean, those young pitchers that were on the mound, you're saying they get lit up in the beginning of that series, and then come back and were just absolutely dominating towards the end. So I don't know, you know, if I could jump on there and say that all of a sudden things are going to go back and shift and they're going to get smacked around again. I think that you know, we're going to get some better pitching performances than we saw. Obviously, you might be a little bit tighter as far as taking chances with the managers or even some of these, you know, these batters. They might show up the swing a little bit and just try to make things happen because you're not going to get that many chances against guys like Valdez and Garcia, you know, on the Houston side or Freed on the, on the uh, Braves side. So I think you might see a little bit more small ball here than the big home runs we were seeing in another, uh, you know, series that they had earlier. Player to hit the to have the most hits. Altuve eleven to one. That's pretty good. Brantley's a favorite plus eight fifty. Freddie Freeman plus nine fifty. Albie's ten to one. Jordan Alvarez ten to one. Oh, Altuve eleven to one. I feel like he could have a huge series. Mafia. Altuve could have a huge series. He could because he's one of those guys. You know, he's guy. he's been an offer so long. So you know, you, you expect him to break out at some point. Especially, you know, we're talking about. The, the Astros in their you know, quest to prove that they're legit. Is there anybody who's taken more abuse than him over these last couple of years? So he could be the you know the one to really. And we've seen with the attitude that he had, you know, with the Yankees and the different things that he's done in the series that he did with them, or even the Red Sox. Like 
he likes to show people up. He likes to, you know, play the bad guy here. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has some extra motivation and gets it going here. Yeah, I, I like him here. Obviously, Alvarez, uh, Jordan has been absolutely on fire. For the Braves, you know, the Braves do hit a lot of homers. They those they hit a, those guys hit a lot of home runs, man. I think I would lean Braves minus one eight, and that's why their favorite minus one eighteen hit the most home runs in the series. They also have number of games. If you think it's going to go long, plus two hundred for six games, plus two ten for seven games, plus two ninety for five. Series correct score. I usually like to screw around with this mafia. If I like the Braves, I think uh, Braves in six at plus five fifty. How about that? That's a little juice there. Plus five fifty. Braves in six. Yeah, I would say that's the sweet spot there because. Obviously, if you think it's going to be a great series, everyone's just going to go seven. But, you know, it doesn't happen that often. The five wouldn't be a good series. That'd be them, you know, kicking their butts. So I think six is a sweet spot. That's where I would feel comfortable playing it as well. I think it's six either way, Moff. I, I just yeah. I don't see anybody losing in four or five in this series. I, I think there's enough hot bats on both sides that at least there's going to be two games won by the loser of this series. I, I mean, listen, you never know what these things. Baseball is very funny. And you know what else I saw today, Moff, which was interesting uh, for baseball? If the Braves win, that will be the 15th different World Series winner in the last 21 years. So fi- in the last 21 years, 15 different World Series winners. And everybody thinks of baseball, no salary cap, no that, you know, the team spending more than others, and you're going to have half the league winning a World Series in the last 21 years. That's pretty ridiculous. That is, especially considering when you you know you look at the last, you know, what, 10 to 15 years. I mean, the Giants won a couple there. The yeah. Dodgers were, you know, went to a bunch in a row. The Rangers went to a couple in a row. Houston's been to, like, you know, th- what, two or three or three or four or something like that. So you've had a lot of the same participants just – Different teams have gotten it done. I mean, Boston won a couple in the last, you know, that that time period. So when you know you've had some repeat champions and you've had a bunch of teams that have been there a bunch of times, it is surprising that you've had so many different winners. Yeah, the only repeats in the were the Red Sox have four during that span, the Giants have three, and the Cardinals have two. Those are the repeats. Uh, off the top of my head that I do remember. So everybody else has been one, and the Braves can make it 15 in the last 21. Pretty interesting. Uh, the parity, as they like to say. They don't like using that word anymore, Mafia. They don't like it when you say parity. Competitive balance, Mafia. Competitive balance in baseball. Is that like setting the edge? Setting the edge. Competitive balance. That's the, uh, the lingo of the day. Yeah. Um, And I told you... I. I I was telling you earlier your thoughts on this. I, I'm taking a shot with some of these guys for MVP because I just they they get big hits. Austin Riley, Rosario, uh, Duvall, Jock Peterson. It's gonna if the Braves win, I feel like it's gonna be one of those guys. It's not gonna be Freeman or Alves. It's gonna be one of those guys they acquired that's had so many big hits for them here in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that's the guys who led them to this spot. You know, Rosario was the MVP of the last series. You know, Jock has had a couple big hits. I think that would be, you know, a good value there for those guys. And you're not going to get the same value if you go up with the big names just swing there. So if you want to take a shot at a guy who's, you know, five, 600, why not? If you win, you know, you know, don't put a huge bet on it, but that's where you're getting the most value. That's where you're getting the best odds. Take a shot. Take a couple. You know, I think that's a little different. You know, Dan was talking about doing that with, 
uh, you know, how many games. That one didn't equate to me as much. I didn't think that the math on that one added up. But if you take a shot on four or five guys in MVP, you know, the way those odds are with these guys that have had great playoff runs that aren't the big names, it does pay out. It does work out the math. So you might as well. Yeah, definitely. Like, even if you don't want to play this, instead of playing the series, pick four or five guys and spread the unit out amongst that. Now, look, can you obviously lose it? Of course you can. The Astros have so many guys that you could you could turn over the leaf. I mean, even if you played their five favorite guys, Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Alvarez, and Correa, I mean, is there still a chance Kyle Tucker wins it? Of course. You know, Yuri Gurriel. I, I think you're actually, those those five for Houston, uh, Tucker's the only guy that could burn you if you went with the top five. For on the bench, Carver Hyde Mafia in for Scotty right here, Sports Grid Radio. We will keep rolling. Well, I want to get back into this college football from earlier, too, Mafia. I want your take on the dopey overtimes from Penn State. Pharrell on the bench, Sports Grid Radio. We keep rolling right after this. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we are back. Frill on the bench, Carver I and Mafia in for Scotty. He will be back tomorrow night and tomorrow afternoon on Coast to Coast and on the bench right here tomorrow night. Sports Grid Radio. Um, the college football mafia, I did not get to bring this up with you yet. Uh, talked about it with Dane a little bit on the TV show. And of course, a lot with Lisey this afternoon on uh, college football full circle that they have to get rid of that overtime rule. That is one of the dumbest things I have ever seen in my life that after the second overtime, they just start going back and forth with two point conversions. It's like the NHL with, with the dopey shootout or any of these other way. Like it's stupid. Uh, Like, what is the point? Like, they didn't want overtimes to go long anymore, and I get it. What happened on Saturday was freaky. Neither team could score. It, it was it was embarrassing. But the way it, ending a game like that, back and forth, two point conversions, stupid mafia, stupid. Yeah, I absolutely agree, one hundred percent. I mean, I forgot even that they had changed the rule until that game was going back and forth, and I'm getting the alerts, and it's like you know, eighth overtime, twenty to eighteen. I'm like, how are we this far in overtime if no one's scoring? And, you know, seeing that these two-point conversion, because not only that, you know, these teams are getting completely out of their game. Illinois was running the ball down Penn State's throat all game, and all of a sudden they go into, oh, it's two-point conversion. Now we have to throw, throw, throw for like five of the six of them until they realize, oh, this doesn't work. We can't pass worth a damn. So I think it's just a terrible rule. I get it. And for the longest time, college was the best overtime. You know, I don't know why I changed it. Yeah. I know you don't want to go too long, but, you know, Everyone was looking at that when they were trying to figure out what to do with the NFL overtime. They said, you know, the NFL stinks, you know, this whole long period, and you can still end in ties, the back and forth to college. 
You want to keep the two-point conversion, do like you did before, where if you get a touchdown after the second one, you have to go for two. And then it makes it more exciting and changes things. It was fine before. I don't know why they had to screw it up on the you know the off game where you get five or six overtimes in a row and it takes a while. I mean, come on. This one took forever, and you had the stupid two-point conversion in there. So I just think it was stupid for them to change it. And now hopefully they see that it was a terrible idea, and they go back to what they had before because that definitely did not work. Look, it, it, they had a couple of instances in the last 10 years where, you know, the game reaches the sixth overtime, the seventh overtime. They keep putting the ball at the 25. You're getting into the amount of plays that the players are running and they're out there for so long. It was, it was, well, they act like it happened every week. I mean, it was a once in a full moon situation that you would get a game like that. And just like Saturday was a once in a full moon situation. Like, we have, that's the first time none of us knew the rule really changed because. We hadn't had any games to experience it yet. And now that we know that it's there, it just bothers you because it's like, this is dumb. And there's going to be another game that could potentially be decided like this with just dueling two-point conversions. Absolutely silly. Switching the other ends of the field, too. Like, get lost. I, I don't, how stupid do you get? You got to be kidding me. And right. Penn State loses. Their season's over. So screw them, too. Especially because it wasn't even like they made it you know, a situation where, hey, let's do something that we have all the time. Like, you did field goal kicking. It's stupid. It's a skill competition, but at least you do that all the time. You know, this. how many times in a college game? Now, yes, probably more than the NFL, although now with the way that all the, the analytics guys are going for it more than ever. But how many times do you actually go for two to have that many plays that you could run, you know, back-to-back in overtime? Like, this is something that's so rare in the game and you are using it to determine it, just like the stupid shootouts in soccer and hockey. Like you're turning into a skill, you know, almost a skills competition, not really a skills competition, but you're taking something that's such a minuscule part of the game and making it the way to determine it. It is just asinine. Yeah, really stupid. Uh, and Penn State, hey, look, they deserve to lose, no matter what way it's sliced out. I, I mean, even though it was it was silly the way that that game ended, Penn State didn't play well. They had ten nothing lead in the game. No, they terrible. blew that. They should have never went to overtime with a team as bad as Illinois. And they shouldn't have played Clifford. He wasn't healthy. Just they deserve what they get. Uh, Frank, so does James Franklin. Uh, you know, I can't believe they still tout him for all these jobs. And we'll get we'll hear from Scott on this tomorrow, Mafia. But Carson uh, Palmer was doing that uh, spot with Dan Patrick earlier today and apparently said something he wasn't supposed to say. He's like part of the group that's like in the discussions at USC about the next head coach. And he named a whole bunch of guys, and in in that was Mike Tomlin, the Steelers. And he had mentioned James Franklin, Luke Fickle from Cincinnati, Matt Campbell from Iowa State, and then slides Tomlin in there. You could tell he knew he shouldn't have said it. Uh, That's very interesting there. Um, Tomlin, we know there's been – he's never had a losing season in Pittsburgh. Scott talks about it all the time. Why would you want to get rid of a guy – that never loses. We know that there are some people that do want him out. It, I, I can't believe that he'd be looking to get out of town and go coach USC after the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just don't believe that one. No, I don't believe it all because, you know, like you said, he, there is no getting rid of him anyway. They're not going to fire him in Pittsburgh. The guy's you know, one of the best coaches they've ever had. He's consistent. He's just going through pat, rough patches right now because you have an old quarterback and you have no one to get ready for the regular, you know, the rest of their career because they just haven't done that right drafting with these quarterbacks that they've taken in these different roles. So, yeah, he's in a rough patch right now compared to where he's been, but 
They're not getting rid of him. They're loyal in Pittsburgh. It would only be if he wanted to leave. If he said, hey, listen, we're not set up for after Ben's out of here and this guy's on his last legs, I'm going to go somewhere else. But if he did do that, it wouldn't be the USC. USC's not the job everyone's making it out to be. It's not the USC it was when Pete Carroll was coaching there. It is not a dynasty anymore. It is in shambles from what it was. It's not getting the top recruits anymore. They're going to places like Clemson and, I mean, Alabama always got them, but they're going to other schools that were not thought of to be in the mix for any of these guys back in the day. It's not the same as where, you know, you only have certain teams that are on TV every week and you want to go there to become an NFL player. That's not what USC is anymore. Pac-12 isn't what it is anymore. Like, you go to the Pac-12, you're fighting an uphill climb to get into the college football playoffs. Not that that's the big thing for these kids anymore. It's about making the NFL, about making the money. But sure, you'll get some good, you know, uh, you know, name, image, likeness money in L.A., I'm sure. Probably better money than you might get in some other towns. But USC isn't the program it was. It's not the draw that it used to be. You get nice weather. You got cute co-eds, but you're not winning football games. And they're going to run you out if you don't. Yeah, I mean, Scotty says it all the time. I mean, they, 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 they love, the Roonies love Mike Tomlin. And they love him. And, you know, they win every year. Well, I mean, look, do they win the Super Bowl every year? No. Has Tomlin not done that in a while? Yeah, I, I get that. But they also have winning seasons every single year. So, but I thought that was a very bizarre mix uh, with Palmer saying that Mike Tomlin's in the, Now, those other guys, everybody wants those other guys. Everybody wants James Franklin and Matt Campbell and Luke Fickle. Those guys are all in demand. And all these jobs... All going to be open, Mafia. We've mentioned it already. Big programs, LSU, USC. Now, some people say USC, like you were just saying, not a bit, not a, not the biggest program anymore. It's still a name brand. Miami, still a name brand. If they fire Manny Diaz, which they should, I don't care that they beat NC State over the weekend. Nebraska, right. if they fire Scott Frost, name brand. Going to be a lot of name brands out there. Texas Tech just opened up today too. I mean, they're pretty yeah. solid school right now. They're not the you know the names of some of those other ones, but they have well, a solid background. Here's where Texas Tech. I mean, and Matt. They fire Matt Wells, who, by the way, was five and three uh, when they fire him. I, blows the twenty four ten lead to Kansas State on Saturday. They have not had the worst thing they ever did. Mafia was get rid of Mike Leach. Now they get rid of Leach, and they have now they have this zero for three with coaches. Haven't had a winning season in the Big Twelve. They've only made I think three bowls in the last four bowls, maybe in the last ten years. That, that's not a great job. Leach made that a great job because Leach was so good. Since then, Texas Tech's done nothing. I mean, zero. Yeah, I mean, the guys have failed there, but there's plenty of places that you could say that, you know, if you get the right coach, it can become a place again. I mean, Miami, I, would you say Miami's a great job right now with what Diaz has no. done to them? No, they no. failed for it's coaches still a too. Name brand. It's a name brand. That's which is, you know. And the name's mud right now. I mean, they've been terrible for. You know, they had a couple of good wins. They had the win over Notre Dame. Other than that, what have they really done the last 20 years? They're going to go flashy and hire Ed Reed. That is what Miami's going to do. They get yes. rid of Diaz. They're going to go flashy, and they're going to make Ed Reed the head coach of Miami. Now, I don't know if that's a great idea. He doesn't have head coaching experience anywhere, but I will bet my bottom dollar that that's what the Hurricanes do, Moff. I agree with you 100%. And, you know, whether he's going to have success or not isn't going to be – what who he is or anything like that's going to be who he brings to, to work with them. Who's on his staff, as you get with you know some of these coaches that come in here that are first year coaches, whether it be college or the pros. You need you know that staff behind you as well. 
let me ask you this because who's gonna start the commercial? Is is Kayla Harrison fighting Clarissa Shields or are they in separate fights in this PFL thing on Wednesday night? Is she are they fighting each other? No, they're not fighting each other. In fact, because Clarissa wasn't in the tournament. In fact, I think okay. didn't she, I think Clarissa they Shields might be, have pulled out of her. They can't be in too. the same weight class, right? Are they in the same weight class? That I have to look into. I don't think so. But I don't think that. But they're not fighting each other for sure. Clarissa Shields jumped in late. She did not, you know, become part of the tournament to try to win the million dollars. Kayla's a monster. She can't be in the same weight class as her. I, I mean, she's. And when do, when does she get? When does she get go to the UFC? That's got to be soon, right? Because I'm tired of her fighting in this dopey PFL. She's you got to go and, and fight some. But she's minus thirty five hundred against this girl on Wednesday night. Can she please go to the UFC already and go and go fight? I know I've asked this like sixteen times. Can she fight? Can she fight Nunez? Who has to lose the weight? Who has to gain the weight? What do we got to do here to get Kayla Harrison and Nunez in the same uh, octagon? Harrison has to lose the weight because right now she's fighting at 155. The highest the UFC goes or has gone is 145 right now. And even that division, they're talking about you know that they might abolish because right after Megan Anderson lost to Nunez, they released her, and there isn't that many left in that division. They don't have rankings for it, but there are still some girls there fighting in that division. So they have it for now. If she could drop that 10 pounds, maybe the question is going to be. What does she care about more? Is it about legacy or is it about money? Because, you know, we know over and over again, sure, if you become a star in the UFC, they, they might pay you. But for the most part, they underpay the women, especially too. And I don't think they're going to pay and be the highest bidder for her. PFL, she, if she wins a tournament, which she's rolled through these women, she makes a million bucks. You know, Bellator, they might be willing to put money up for her too. I think those two organizations are going to pay her more. So if it's about beating the best and being the best you know ever then maybe she goes and fights nunez or maybe jumps to bellator and then fights cyborg but it's just about money you might be okay saying the pfl backed up by espn and their cash is that who bellator's get that's their big woman fighter is cyborg i mean she's washed up yes she's she's no good anymore right i mean i'm sure she's beating up people in bellator but she got she ran away from i'm gonna say ran away whatever the deal is she left ufc because she lost a couple fights right well, she lost to Cyborg, and then I mean, she lost to Nunez, and that's the Nunez. thing. And no one's beating Nunez right now, so you know she's yeah, still one of the best, need, but she's not going to beat Nunez. I need Harrison. I need Harrison and Nunez. That you want to get me gassed up for something, uh, UFC Mafia? Get me Nunez and Harrison in a fight next year. That's what I really want. Let me ask you this, because I'm just looking at odds here. Why the hell are they having the pay per view at two o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday? What What are they doing that for? Back in Abu Dhabi. Ah, oh, jeez. I mean, uh, who the hell's watching that at 2 in the afternoon on Saturday with all the great college football games that are going on? At least if they did their normal midnight, you know, the games aren't, you know, that great at the nighttime slate. Jeez, I mean, Blockowitz and Teixeira going to go off at 5.30 Eastern? That's tough, Moff. That's tough. Uh, Pharrell on the bench, Carver I and Mafia here. For Scotty, he's back tomorrow. Sports Grid Radio. We will wrap this puppy up on the grid right after this. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh... 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we are back. Frill on the bench. Carl Ryan Mafia in for Scotty as we're wrapping this one up. He'll be back tomorrow on Coast to Coast and the bench, the whole deal. Uh, the Clippers are absolutely hammering. Um, one second, Moff. There we go. We got it back. The Clippers are absolutely hammering the Blazers right now. 67 to 48, third quarter. Uh, live line minus third and half for them. Saints beat the Seahawks 13 to 10 on Monday Night Football. So that was fun. We took three hours of our lives there for what was, a, <clears throat> excuse me, Moff, a very uninspiring. Um, hey, good win for the Saints, I guess. Capital 7-5, Ovi with two tonight, Mafia. Let's go. Sabres go to 4-1. and one. They beat the Lightning. The Lightning can't get out of their own way, Mafia. What a shame. <laughs> hey, eventually they all got to fall, right? Yeah, they certainly do. And we did give you that over. Uh, actually, I never even think we did. We never we never got to the hockey today, me and Dane. Uh, all fair, I gave them the over. 5-3, they beat the Coyotes tonight, the Panthers. Oh, boy. Uh, Mafia, great stuff as always. I think we get to do this uh, a lot next week, right? Scotty out all week. And I, but you're oh, yeah, only big week. First couple of days next week. You, the back end of next week, I'll be all, all by my lonesome, right? That is correct. I'll be there on Monday, Tuesday with you next week, and then you'll be handling it solo for the last three. There you go. Sounds good. Uh, Pharrell on the bench, Carver High, Mafia. Scotty back tomorrow. Have a good night, everybody. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.